Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, beautiful women. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom, which I call your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, a teacher of women's yoga, meditation, and spirituality, a best-selling author, and founder of The Way of the Happy Woman. Every summer, I share a seasonal series here on the podcast called Poolside Sutras. So throughout the month of June, over the next three weeks, I'll publish a handful of episodes in this series. Each of these features a She Talk, which was recorded live at the last She Yoga and Meditation Teacher Training, which I offered this past February on the island of Koh Samui, Thailand. Now, hanging out by the pool with a good book or podcast has always been one of my favorite summer activities. So in this spirit, Poolside Sutras are meant to inspire and educate you in a fun and portable way during all of your summer excursions, or for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, your vacation excursions to the beach, on a hike or road trip, at the gym, or of course, by the pool. And best of all, Poolside Sutras give you a taste of the Shi Yoga and Meditation Teacher Training which is taking place next in one of my favorite places on the planet, Tulum, Mexico, 
from December 1st to 8th, 2018. This is a week-long teacher training and practice intensive in women's yin and flow yoga, Buddhist meditation with a feminine perspective, and Shi Dharma. If you want to teach and inspire women in your community or simply feel hungry for a retreat to nourish your own body and soul, this is for you. And while there's no pool at our Tulum venue, we have it even better. We'll literally be right on the beach. Not only that, but this year's venue is incredibly intimate. We have space for 17 women and we only open this training for registration once a year. If you're curious and want to learn more, you can visit shiyogatraining.com. And for now, roll out your towel, soak up the twinkling blue view, and enjoy this poolside sutra. One of, one of the benefits of going in silence and doing a lot of practice is also that our dreams can become stronger. <laughs> Last night I had a dream that I was dating Barack Obama. <laughs> like I have a total crush on, I'm, I'm telling you all all my crushes here. <laughs> I have a total crush on Barack Obama. I think he's just like, a real exemplar of the divine masculine in the world right now. He's really an extraordinary <laughs> man. And so we were at this party, like this cocktail party, and I was like, oh my God, like, I'm here with Barack Obama. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, well, I can't wait to tell my mom. Like, what am, like, like, what, like how's that going to be? If it, when people are like, well, who, who, like, who's the new guy? And, I'm, and I say, well, it's Barack Obama. <laughs> And then as we were walking around, I was trying to figure out, like, okay, well, where's Michelle? Like, <laughs> do they get a divorce? Like, I feel so bad. I love Michelle. They're such a great couple. And... <laughs> so moving deeper into the silence, there's other things that we can discover, like what it's like to have Barack Obama as your boyfriend. <laughs> but we start to move into those dimensions of the mind that we're talking about on the first day, we start to move out of that 5%. And you know, why, why no journaling? Why no reading? Why not engaging in that way? Because that, that's keeping you in the 5%. That, that's keeping you in the, in the analytical mind, in the conscious mind. And we can be in that mind anytime. Right? We can be in that mind the other 360 days of, you know, 363 days of the year if we like. And so when, when we stop engaging with that, there's other, other avenues for understanding reality that can open up for us. And something that I've really, I've really respected hearing stories about teachers that really push their students. And I don't, you know, this is, this is very mild. I mean, this is very, it's just three days of being quiet. But there's some teachers who 
run retreats where for a week you are homeless in a city and you only are given a few dollars and you figure out how to make it for the week in the city with these three dollars and some people start up you know playing musical instruments on the side of the street and you need, you need to be resourceful and you need to be able to be with all the things that come up when you don't have money in your pocket, you don't have a home to go to, you don't know where you're going to get your next meal. So if you think that this is challenging, you know, think about if, you know, you were on, if we did our retreat on the streets of Bangkok and you were just on your own to discover those inner resources. Another teacher who was rooted in Boulder, uh, Chogyon Trungpa Rinpoche, a Tibetan that came to America and was really one of the fathers of Buddhism in the Western world. And one of the reasons why he's so revered is for his crazy wisdom and the ways that he would, like the quote-unquote assignments that he would give to his students to really see that place in each person, like that, the, the, the crux, like the, the, the place where there's a little bit of a crack and to, to prescribe something specifically for that that was going to bring them to their edge because it's, it's in that point where transformation happens, where, where you really touch the places you don't want to touch. Like I was saying yesterday, when you go to the places that scare you. So for these three days, I encourage you to practice this ancient this ancient art of silence and to see what it has to discover for yourself what it has to do with leadership and it's different for each person you know last year on this training someone one of the women received a download for a book that she then went home to write it just came to her all of a sudden other women really saw more deeply the thoughts that they were thinking that were then providing the script for how their life was unfolding and use that time to rewrite the script. So, you know, if you are to write something down, write down these beliefs that you catch when they come up in your awareness, these repetitive thoughts these repetitive patterns and a thought can be changed and a belief is simply a thought that we keep thinking <clears throat> so when you can find that belief when you can find that thought that you keep thinking that is driving your life in a way that perhaps you haven't been aware of before like maybe in the next few days you're going to discover a belief that has been driving your life in directions that you haven't wanted to go in. And the first step of healing anything is to become aware of it. And like once we see it, we, we, we know what to do with it. Just like if there's an illness in the body, it's like once you actually figure out what the root of it is, you can start to treat that root. But until then, you're just kind of shooting in the dark. 
So really, really paying attention to yourself, not getting engaged in the storyline in your mind. Or just like when you do meditation, you know, catching yourself and like, oh, I'm really, I'm really going into, like the writer Annie Lamott says that, I forget the, the exact quote right now, but like our mind is a bad neighborhood. <laughs> so you can realize, oh, I'm going into a bad neighborhood. Like, and this is also a good time to review the she circle agreements. You know, when we're sitting here on the first morning, and we're all just like a burst of spring air with a lot of optimism for the week. It's like, oh yeah, these are easy. And then when you start to get into more granular places, you can notice, oh, I'm, I'm projecting. Like I'm really angry at Sarah or I'm really judging this person next to me. And so you're taking all of your negativity and you're putting it on someone else. So the awareness of the belief, the awareness of the thought patterns is the first step. And then we need to choose, like, what am I going to replace that with? And you get to decide. You get to write. You get to write what that is. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is a step that you could take if you haven't if you haven't done that already, like working with an NLP practitioner or even training in it, that's, a, that's another step for reprogramming subconscious beliefs. But they say that um, our beliefs are like little grapes. Like you can have the belief that you have to, have to work hard to make money. Um, I have to struggle in order to be successful. Uh, a, woman, a woman is not as, is not as good as a man. What, whatever they are, um, I'm, nothing I do is ever good enough. And we can pick off these little grapes, but what we really want to go after is the stem, the stem that's holding the grapes. What's the stem belief? What's the belief that everything else is hinging upon? And there are commonalities for all of us, but it's going to be, it's going to be different. And so you really, it's going to be different for each person, but you, so you really want to you keep your eye out for that. Keep your eye out for, you know, what might be the grapes and then what might be the stem and then to, to, to change that. So, you know, an example of a, a belief that I've worked with in the past is that um, I'm unworthy. This is, a, this is a really common one. I'm unworthy. I don't deserve to have what I want. And that was like the root belief behind all the other things. And what I replaced that with is I can be true to myself and have whatever I want. I can be true to myself and have whatever I want. So you get to decide script that you're writing and the only way that that's going to happen uh, it, it is in the vacuum of silence outside of conversation 
again, outside of even if you came here with someone that you know and you're rooming together, even outside of that relationship, like love each other enough to just be together in heartful silence and allow each woman to really have her interiority of experience. And every retreat is different. Every retreat has a different theme. Maybe some retreats I've gone on, the theme has been like anger and rage. It's just like feeling this burning of rage. And sometimes it's been grief and sometimes it's been bliss. And sometimes it's been a big obsession about a guy that I liked or a breakup that I had. And it's whatever it is, it's like it's, it's coming up for us to process it at a deeper level. And we never know what's gonna come up. We're moving into the third kosha today, Manamaya kosha, the mind. In this, doc, in this little TV series I was telling you about, that Albert Einstein called Genius, when he died, that's not a, a spoiler, because we all know that, <laughs> we all know that he's not alive anymore in physical form. So he dies. And um, even though his, even though his family requested that they keep his body intact because his request was to be just cremated and not to have his body donated to science. Um, the doctors decided they were going to drill through his skull and take out his brain. And they wanted to study his brain. They wanted to understand like how how can a man like this be so genius? We, we want to see how his brain is different from everyone else's brain. And his one of his sons was meeting with the doctor and the brain was sitting in formaldehyde, I guess it was, on the desk. And his son was like, you're not going to find, you're not going to find what you're looking for in there. It's... What, what he had doesn't live in the brain, it doesn't live in the body, it lives everywhere. So the mind is not, is not the brain. The mind is not even in us. It's, it's been proven that thoughts do not live inside of us, they actually, they actually come to us. So our mind is one of the strongest connections that we have to universal intelligence. It's like when we tune, if like our body is a radio and we tune that antenna, we tune the antenna through our energy body to the, the vibration, you know, certain vibrations in the universe, we're gonna pick up certain thoughts. And in this way, you know, we can, we can choose what thoughts we're going to entertain, what thoughts we're going to really welcome into our lives, and what thoughts we're going to reject and say, like, no, I, I know where that goes, and I'm not, 
I'm not doing that anymore. Because these thought patterns, they, they carve really deep grooves in us, create something called neural, neural rigidity, where say that you have, um, you know, so many of, of us as women, we have histories of eating disorders. And those are like deep grooves carved in the brain of uh, thinking about your body in a certain way. And it's going to take, it took a while for it to get that way. And it's going to take some effort to actually like change that circuitry. Engaging neuroplasticity to carve, carve new pathways for new messages to form a new self-image to form. So your, your worldview, your self-view, it, it can be changed. These patterns, you know, oh, I have a strong inner critic. Oh, I have a lot of jealousy. I compare myself to a lot of people. Um, this feeling of not being worthy, not being good enough, like that. Those can all be changed. It requires effort. It requires this, like I was saying the other day, it requires a, like, a really strong will. Again, the strength of your will is related to the strength of your spirit, saying, no, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to overcome this. And we see this so much. People who have overcome extreme hardship and become totally different people, totally new people. Like, again, I've mentioned Oprah a lot. Oprah was sexually abused as a girl and as a teen. She actually had a child, gave birth to a child when she was 14 that died. She, she went from, you know, her grandmother was uh, cleaned houses and was rearing Oprah to also, you know, this, the best that you can do for yourself is work for a good white family and was really raising Oprah for that to be her standard of having a good life. And now look at who she's grown to become. And that is because of the power of her mind and this, this will, this spirit to say like, no, I, I want more than that. I want to experience more than that. Someone like Tony Robbins also had a horrendous childhood. So many examples of this. Nelson Mandela in prison for 10 years, looking out the same window every day, thinking, I'm never going to get out of here. I'm going to be spending the rest of my life here. And then one day, a new thought came into his head. What if I could get out of here? What if I could get out of here? And then new thoughts started to join that. Oh, I could do this. I could write to the U.S. And I could tell them of the situation of apartheid in South Africa. I could enlist their help. And from there, steps started to move for him to be liberated and to lead South Africa and to become a Nobel Peace Prize winner and to become a man who will remember forever.
So it can help us to say like, oh, if these people, you know, if these people can do that, so can I. We're all made of the same stuff. We all have the same faculties. We all have the same power of mind. But it requires time. It requires effort. It's not going to happen just by, you know, watching Insta stories and posting on Facebook and just engaging in the mundaneness of life. I mean, those things are, there's nothing wrong with those things, but what needs to come first is this, is this impetus, this desire to become who you want to be. To bridge this gap between who you know you are and who the rest of the world sees you as. To be willing, as Marianne Williamson has in that quote, to be willing to become that big, that bright, that powerful. Who are you to do that? Well, who are you not to do that? Why not do that? What else are we supposed to do with this life? Well, we can do anything. We can do anything. What are you going to choose? So your mind is a really important faculty to consider as we're in silence. Are these thoughts leading me towards my chosen destiny? Or are they sabotaging it? Are they leading me away from it? And in the world right now, you know, this competitive spirit, this I'll get ahead at you know, at the expense of everyone else. There are ways that that is existing in this room where we're caring more about our own experience than the other people in the room. Maybe, you know, we, we walked out of here last night and had a conversation with a woman, even though we, we just agreed as a group we were going to silence, or maybe we did that in our room. The butterfly effect. We live in a unified field. Everything is connected. And when you, when you break away from the agreements of the circle, everyone else is impacted. Our insight can only flourish to the extent that the lowest common denominator is flourishing. So you could be, you know, really doing your practice, just really, really staying with our agreements and someone else could be totally not and you're not going to really receive the benefits. Because it's not just one of us that rises, it's, it's all of us that need to rise. If we're going to have a successful training, if we're going to have a training in which we leave feeling empowered and transformed and clear and inspired, that's just, that's going to come from all of us participating in that. It's a new way of looking at leadership.
being co-creative. Because that's what's happening anyway. That's what's happening anyway all the time. We're always co-creative. Sometimes we're just co-creating things that are disharmonious. So this is called the Shi Yoga and Meditation Teacher Training because it comes from your Shi. It comes from your depths. So true leadership requires this kind of, like this Lent period going into the desert. And, you know, we're doing three days. Again, we're not going homeless in the streets of Bangkok. We're not going out fasting in the desert for 40 days. We're being well-fed and can get spa treatments and hang out in the pool and we're just not talking or reading, <laughs> right? Or writing in our journals. It's pretty, it's pretty tame. This is our equivalent of, of that to see like what comes through, like this ancient practice of doing a vision quest to be initiated into adulthood, to be initiated into society. We need to go out without food or without water. And like I said last night, listening to the secrets of the universe as they're being revealed to you. There's so much here that we don't see because we're not paying attention to that. Like the reticular activating system in our brains. I remember when I, some years ago, when I was um, looking at getting a Prius, which I now have, I wanted a white Prius. And everywhere I looked in Boulder, I mean, it's true, in Boulder there's like a lot of Priuses. <laughs> Katie knows. You have one. <laughs> so when this reticular activating system with this reticular activating system, it's, it picks out things that we are aware of, that it's already in our like sphere of knowing. So all of a sudden, if you're looking for a certain car, you're gonna see that car everywhere. Or now that I had this dream about Barack Obama, like now I'm probably gonna see like things about Barack Obama. <laughs> you know, it's like, we just, we, we, we start to see things that, that we're focused on. And so this is happening all the time. Like, we live in the infinite and then we only see this frozen light of the things that we're used to seeing or that we think are possible to see but so much else is here right now so she leadership is leading from this multi-sensory place and practicing living from this multi-sensory place. So we are all so intuitive. We are all so tuned in. And there's just, there's no course in school for how to be more intuitive, how to read people's energy, how to read people's minds. But a part of us is doing that all the time. 
So Manamaya Kosha, just really today be aware of your mind. Turn your mind into an ally rather than an enemy. That's not just going to happen today. I'm sorry to say. It takes time. It took a lot of time to build in these patterns, these mental patterns that you have that are not giving you the results that you want. And it's going to take time to build in a new new neural pathways. If today's talk inspired you, and if you'd like support in healing and connecting to yourself, your inner life, and the world around you in a distinctly feminine way, you can learn more about the She Yoga and Meditation Teacher Training at sheyogatraining.com. Registration is open right now, but just for three weeks this June. And an early registration discount is available until June 15th. Again, you can learn more at sheyogatraining.com. If it feels right for you, I'd love to have you join us. And until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.